Welcome to Experiencing Christ with Pastor Dennis Matufu. Freedom Experience is a teaching ministry of the Word that is driven by the purpose that believers may subjectively realize the full knowledge of the truth according to 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 4. Experiencing God in the incarnated Word, which is Christ to be life and light to man with grace and reality for man's enjoyment. And now, open wide your spirit to receive this great teaching which is going to empower you to begin experiencing Christ as your life. This is Pastor Dennis Matovu, worth hearing. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. <laughs> freedom reigns in this place. Freedom experience, experiencing Christ. Praise the Lord, glory to God, hallelujah. Thank you once again for tuning in. This is Freedom Experience Ministry. Pastor Dennis Matov, all the way from Kampala, Uganda. And we want to appreciate God for you all, for enabling you always to come back and listen to this wonderful, wonderful teaching series. I believe that the Lord is doing a tremendous work in you in your life and I trust that the Holy Spirit is taking you somewhere in the things of the Spirit. We have got to discover the mind of Christ, the heart of God and the divine purpose of, of God, why he has created man, why he has created the heavens and the earth and also man. The Bible says in Zechariah chapter 12, Verse 1, that the God created the heavens for the earth and the earth is for man. That man is supposed to be for God. That is a cycle and that's, that's how it's supposed to be. That means that the one who created us has got a purpose as to why he created you and me. And we have got to go always back in the scriptures to see that we find and discover this divine plan of God. That's why we bring this long time and long uh, a series so that you get a full picture of the mind of Christ. We are uh, in this wonderful episodes. This is episode 23. And I believe by the grace of God that we have been uh, blessed wherever you are. If you have been following us, in case you have missed all the previous episodes, please just go on our website, freedomexperienceministry.org. You find them and then you catch up with us. But we have gone at least. Uh, somewhere and we have discovered something by the grace of God. Right now I want us also to continue from wherever we started by his grace and I know that he has enabled us to continue even from where we started. Yesterday we are talking about several things that uh, Christ is to us as the church. He has become everything and when the book of Colossians remember chapter 1 whereby we saw uh, what Christ, uh, in fact, the book of Colossians is one of the books in the Bible that uh, have got it has got all the uh, the the aspects of Christ. It has got several aspects of Christ, and I've, yesterday I was mentioning them for you. I, we can do a recap. We discovered that when He entered into us by the Spirit, that is after resurrection, He became several things, and after resurrection, He accomplished all the things that He had to do for man 
and to accomplish the work of redemption. So the Lord became everything that we need. He became all the positive things as we saw in the Bible yesterday. He became uh, the, the firstborn among the dead. That is, that is the church. He was also the, he's also the firstborn of all creation. And we saw that uh, he went through a process. And I think I will start from there before we go on. He went through a process, and that's why we talked about the process to God. And uh, when we talk about the process to God, this is what we mean. God goes into a process in order to redeem us and in order to fulfill his divine purpose. And the process began by incarnation, remember, Jesus becoming flesh. That's where the process began from. Then we saw human living. He, lay, he lived here on earth over 33 years and he showed us the way of life. Then he was crucified and also resurrected. Now he's living in the ascension. In the ascension. That is the stage he is in right now. And I believe that he has accomplished the process. And this process is for us to see that we are also, we are also able to, to, to reach the Father. Remember he told us in John chapter 14 and told us that where I go the way you know and Philip had to tell him that we don't I think to us Thomas as in we don't know the way show us the way and says I am the way the truth and the life if you want to come to the father I've got to pass through me so he had he, he had prepared and he has prepared the process now uh, remember we are to go back to the status to the stature to the full fullness of God and this is why the process began. And I gave you yesterday John chapter 14, verse 8 to 11, and also verses 16 to 20. We saw that he, saw, he was promising to us the Holy Spirit. And he said that he shall bring us the, uh, the Father. When we he prays to the Father, he shall give us the, the, the Holy Spirit to be our comforter. Then uh, he goes on to say that I will also come to you and I will live in you. I will not leave you com comfortless. And we have discovered in all our teachings so far that the one who, gave, who promised us the comforter is the very one who came to be the comforter still. And the scriptures are very clear on that, that if you have the Holy Spirit, you are having the Spirit of God, which we called yesterday the compound spirit. And I showed you how the compound spirit comes. And um, we, we got an example from Exodus chapter 30. We saw that as just as the anointing oil is made, uh, made of three uh, types, three uh, uh, spices. I gave you all Exodus chapter 30, verse 23 to 30. In case you missed it, you can just go to the previous episode. We see that uh, anointing oil is produced by four spices plus olive oil. And we discover that olive oil typifies the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. But these four spices, they are the process to God. Christ, when he passed through all the process, that is the four spices typifies Christ in now in his divinity, Christ in his humanity, and with the effectiveness of his death on the cross and also the power of resurrection. Those are the four spices that make up uh, the, the what the anointing oil. Now the olive oil becomes the spirit, and when we combine the four spices and the spirit, the olive oil, we get the the anointing oil. And that's what we that's where we, we got the the, 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 the aspect, the name compound spirit or the multiple spirit as the Bible talks about uh, Philippians 1.19 talking about the bountiful supply of the Lord Jesus Christ and also First Corinthians telling us 15.45 that 
Jesus became the life-giving spirit. Now, we saw these things and we saw that uh, uh, now today we have the compound spirit which is also typified by the ointment in the Old Testament. And we saw even that in Matthew, in John chapter 7, verse 39, uh, this Jesus promised the spirit and he said that um, uh, whoever is thirsty come to me, I will give you uh, the living water and you shall not thirst anymore and this shall gush unto you and he says that out of your bellies shall uh, come rivers of living waters and the Bible says that he was talking about the spirit because by that time he was not given the spirit of God was not given to us but after resurrection we received the spirit of God and when we received him we received him as the compound spirit of God meaning that the spirit of God is compounded with Christ's humanity Christ's um, effective death on the cross and uh, the power of his resurre resurrection the power of his resurrection and that is what we call the processed God so we see that now we are having him as the all-inclusive life-giving spirit is dwelling in our spirits and he dwells in our spirit uh, that is what we are seeing yesterday and we finished by saying that is now he has become the Christ in us the hope of glory Colossians 1 27 now this hope of glory which is our Christ we see that is now in, in us as our life and is our person. I was telling you yesterday that we have a person within us and this person is in our spirit. And I gave you an example in Galatians whereby I told you that uh, Paul says that I have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I who live. He says that I now, Christ lives in me. So we have got to know as believers that there is another person living in our spirit. And we are supposed to live to allow him to live our life. That's what Paul was telling us in Galatians 2.20. He says, the life that I live now, I live it by the faith of Jesus Christ. It is not my life because me, I cease to live. He says that there is another one who is living in me. So this is supposed to be our, our, our perspective if we are to enjoy and experience this Christ. So we saw that also and we now uh, we ended up by discovering that one time God is, uh, Christ is coming back to glorify us because we are not yet glorified. Our bodies are not yet glorified. But we believe that when he comes, as the scripture says, we shall be glorified. We shall receive these um, immortal bodies and these glorified bodies. Now we shall now be as he is. The Bible says that as he is, we shall be like him. Now, today I want to continue um, with another uh, something which is good. And this episode that is presenting every man full grown in Christ. Remember in the book of Colossians, uh, Paul was telling us why he is laboring. I'll read for you from, where, from verse 27 to 29. And the Bible says that, uh, it says that, the, and to whom, meaning the church, God would make known what is the riches, what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He says, whom we preach. So Paul was preaching Christ, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we, he says that, that we may present every man perfect in Christ, complete in Christ, full grown in Christ. He says that where unto I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. So that was the labor of Paul. He wanted to present every man full grown perfect and complete in christ 
And this is what we want to see today. What does it mean to, uh, to present every believer full grown? And this is also our burden as Freedom Experience Ministry. We want people to be, uh, to be fully grown and, and we want to dispense Christ unto them so that they are no longer living but Christ lives in them. It is a, a, a long way, a, a gradual process, but at, until Christ comes for us, we are supposed to be people who are perfect in Christ. Now, we see that speaking of Christ, who dwells in us as the hope of glory, the Bible tells us in verse 28 that whom we announce, we preach every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man full grown in Christ. Another translation, that is the Derby translation, it calls it, calls it, 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 calls it full grown, which we call complete all perfect in the King James Version. We say that the, the word full grown is also another word that is mature, complete, and also perfect. So that was Paul's ministry, and it was a ministry of imparting Christ to others so that they may be perfect, so that they may be complete, they may mature. Hmm? They become mature uh, in Christ. They become mature in Christ. And this is the ministry that God has called us to do. We are to preach this Christ, to see that we present all people full grown in Christ by the grace that he provides. Hallelujah. So, we want people to come to this fullness. And uh, we see that many Christian workers, preachers, pastors today, uh, uh, they, they are not having this concept. They do not see this concept of presenting every man full grown in Christ. I've been emphasizing all along that God is desires to see that every believer is saturated with Christ from the mind, from every aspect of your life, until he's even in our physical bodies. So we have got to see that Christ is saturating our soul life. We have got to see that Christ saturates our mind, our spirit, even our speaking, our thinking. This is what we are supposed to be endeavoring to become every Christian. He is looking for the people that are just like his son just like the image of his son so and this is the goal of our work don't do other things as your goal in ministry because god has got a purpose and its purpose is one all other things will link us to this one he wants the creation mankind to be just like his son jesus christ now uh people have got their goals and these are some things that are um, different things from what christ and uh, god is taking as the goal but we must have the same goal that Paul had Paul in all his ministry we see that he had one goal writing all these 13 episodes he had one goal and his goal is clearly seen in the book of Colossians he says that I want to present every man full grown in Christ because I preach Christ I teach Christ I'm laboring he says that he was endeavoring to see that until Christ is formed in us he told that the church of Galatia that I'm laboring as if I'm in birth pain until Christ is formed in you. That is Galatians 4.19. So we believe that even today, the body of Christ, uh, our duty is to see that Christ is formed. Christ is revealed in people. Christ is uh, magnified until uh, we are saturated with him. We are rooted in him, built up in him. So that at the day of his appearance, we are just like him. Remember the Bible says in 1 John that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. The question is, 
How are we going to be like him if we do not eat him, consume him as our daily supply or as our daily food? That is why we have got to feed on him and take him in all his aspects so that we are perfect and just like him. This is the heart desire of God. This is the heart of Christ. So we believe that in even in the preaching of the gospel today, our aim should be to impart life in order to present other people mature and full grown in Christ. As we preach the gospel to unbelievers, even as we minister Christ to them and help them to receive the Lord, our goal is not merely just to preach so that they get saved from the lake of fire or from the condemnation of God, but we should go deeper from that. Our goal is to see that these that are newly converted, they are supposed to experience God and see God's forgiveness, but go deeper uh, so that they, uh, they, they understand Christ. We are to, to minister Christ into them so that they may eventually be presented before him full grown in Christ. And this is the pleasure of the Father. Now, if we fail to impact and impart Christ into other people, I tell you, even our preachings, even our preachings of the gospel will fall short, will not, it will not be completed because it will, not, it will not reach God's standard. Now, you have got to see that in the entire Bible, God has got a mind. He has got a desire. And this, this desire causes him to give us all the things that we admire in the Bible, including the powers, the spiritual gifts, and all the offices we know. He gives us those things because he has a desire. He has a common goal. He cannot be with two goals because he's a one God and cannot have many visions, all many ministry because he wants us to come to one thing, which is Jesus Christ. So we see that Christ must be infused into all those who, uh, who are hearing him, who are born again. We must speak Christ, imparting Christ, and uh, this should be our aim. And this is, should, should be our gospel and our preaching and teaching in Jesus' mighty name. And I say, I say that we should have the same goal in our fellowship with the saints, just like Paul. Paul discovered a mystery. He had a vision that even the apostles had not yet seen. And he, saw, he told them, this I received from the, the, the Lord on the day he visited me. So he was ministering only one ministry as the ministry of the New Testament. So even as when we are fellowshipping, we are supposed to be with one God. So as we contact the saints we in, in, in any ministries that we are called to, we are supposed to be with one goal. The goal is to minister Christ into them so that they may mature in Christ. This is why Christ, when he resurrected, according to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 10, remember, and 11 says that he gave the church the gifts. Why? Because he had a desire. He wants us that through these gifts we come let me read for you that scripture so that you get what I'm talking about Ephesians chapter 4 verses 11 okay we shall begin from verses 10 the Bible says in Ephesians 4 10 he that descended they are talking about Christ is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might feel all things today Christ is feeling all things that's why the Bible says that it pleased the Father to have all fullness to dwell in Him. And even the Godhead is dwelling in Christ bodily. And even the creatures of the old creation and the new creation, they are all 
filled in Christ. In other words, he is all in all. According to um, Colossians 3, the Bible was telling us now. Verse 11 says that, And he gave some apostles, some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors, and some teachers. Now, verse 12 gives us the reason as to why he gives us these offices. He says, For the perfecting of the saints. He wants us to use the powers, the gifts, the miracles, the anointing to perfect his saints. He wants us to perfect his saints, the believers. Why? For the work of the ministry. Remember, when the Bible says the ministry, it means that it is one ministry. But we have got to be perfected for us to work out that one ministry. And I told you that the, the ministry of the New Testament is Christ Jesus and the church. When we preach the church and the body of uh, the, the church is the body of Christ, and, and we preach Christ the head of the church, and we preach church life, I tell you this is the ministry that Christ left for us to do. And he wants the saints to be perfected for the work of ministry. He says, for the edifying of the body of Christ. These gifts exist to edify the body of Christ. Continues to say in verse 13, till we all come in the unit of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. So, the unit of the faith must also lead us to know Jesus Christ, to know him. Every saint must know, must have a clear knowledge of Jesus Christ. This is why all these gifts are existing. And the Bible says that unto a perfect man, we are supposed to come to the full knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ until we are filled with Christ. Now when you look at this, you'll discover that the only purpose as to why we are living to serve God is to see that we dispense Christ into people. Whether you have the gifts or you know or you don't know, whether you have the power, whether you know or you don't know, one thing you have got to know, you have got to know to dispense Christ into the believers. That is the Father's joy. That's the goal of our fellowship with the saints. That's why we have pulpits to preach and teach. So, as we conduct the saints, our goal should be to minister Christ unto them so that they may mature in him. Now let us consider, let us now consider several matters related to presenting others mature in Christ. What are the things that are needed? What are the things that uh, we will need to teach them? We need to minister them. They are indicated in that very uh, in those that very context of Colossians chapter one. Remember, the first one is by ministering Christ to the uh, as the portion of the saints. Remember, in the book of Colossians uh, chapter one verse twelve, we said that uh, Christ. Uh, I read for you because I want us to be clear on that. Remember, the Bible says that we are partakers. We are sharers. We have been made meat to to share Christ as our portion. Okay? So he says in Colossians 1, um, Colossians 1, remember verse 12, the Bible says that, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance, which is also portion. It says that, inheritance of the saints in light. So one of the things we are to teach them, we are to present to them, so that they become mature. It is, we are supposed to minister Christ as the portion. 
of the saints. And if we would present others full grown in Christ, we must minister Christ to them as the portion of the saints. Just as Colossians 1.12 has told us, he has qualified us to share him as our portion. So, the Christ we minister must be the all-inclusive one, the centrality, the universality of God's economy. Remember, he has got all things. We have to minister these things to them, the riches of Christ and Christ himself. When we read Colossians 1.15, uh, the Bible says that um, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. So he has got that riches. We have got to minister that to people. When you come to verses 18, Colossians 1, 18, 19, the Bible says that and is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from among the dead, and, in all, and that in all things he might have the preeminence. We are supposed to minister those riches still. Those, that is what we call the all-inclusive Christ. When you come to verse 27, it says Christ in you, the hope of glory. We must minister those, those things to the people so that they mature. When you come to verses uh, chapter 2 of Colossians, verses, um, uh, verse 4, the Bible says that, And this I say, lest any, any man should beguile you with enticing words. Then it says in verse 9, uh, that is, that is Colossians chapter 2, verse 4. Then it comes to verse 9 and says that, For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now that these are the things that the church must be knowing. That Christ is all-inclusive as the scriptures are stating. Hallelujah. So, still, uh, when you come to verses 16, the Bible says, Let no man therefore judge you in meat, all in drink, all in respect of any holiday, all of the new moon, all of the Sabbath days, which are shadows of things to come, but the body is of Christ. In other words, the reality is in Christ. Other things are shadows. If we do not experience Christ in a full way, as these verses are showing us, then we shall find it difficult to minister Christ to others. What we are supposed to do is for us to first understand this Christ, learn this Christ, eat him, enjoy him, let him become part of our lives, fill us, and after we experience him, then we can dispense him to others. Remember, we cannot give what we don't have. We are supposed to take him practically. This is the difference between doctrine and experience. Doctrine and practical. The difference between theory and experience is that when we talk about experiencing Christ, it is practicing. It is realizing every scripture you are seeing to become part of us. Now, people have gone for doctrine. They have studied. They have got masters. They have studied theology and other stuff. But they have failed to come to the reality, which is the life in the scriptures. And we want to go beyond that. Because we cannot minister to others Christ that we don't have. For example, if we do not experience living by Christ... We cannot help anyone else to live by Christ. That's why you have got to learn and always pray. Teach me to live by you. Teach me to live in you. Let me experience and enjoy you. I take you as my life today. That should be our prayer. But if in our daily life and our daily living, we, we learn how to live Christ, grow Christ, and produce Christ, 
we shall spontaneously infuse Christ into others as we contact them. We shall always deposit Christ, dispense Christ, because we are living Him. So, the more we take Christ as our life and our person, the more we shall be able to minister Christ to others. Meaning that every morning once we wake up, we are to see that all the things we are looking at, all positive things, they are Christ. When you are drinking water, see that he is the living water. When you are eating food, see that is the bread of life. When you are breathing air, see that is the breath of life. When you are looking at trees, see that is the vine. Begin to see everything as Christ. When you are moving on the way, call him that you are my way. That's, how we, 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 that's what it means to live Christ. That's what it means. When you are putting on your clothes, say I am putting on Christ. Because these are scriptures written. It says put on Christ. When you put on your light, say Lord you are my light. Begin to see that even the light you have is a, a shadow. The reality is in Christ. Is your light. In that way you are living Christ. Now you begin to grow Christ because when you eat, growth comes by eating. If you are eating bad, you are not going to grow well. If you want to, if you are eating good, you are going to grow in a right way. So we must grow Christ based on what we eat on a daily basis in the scriptures. Then after you have finished growing, the, the, the last part is you are going to produce Christ. You are going to bear fruit of Christ. So we shall then begin to infuse the Christ, dispense the Christ into others whenever we contact them. Even in our speaking, in our way of doing things, you begin to disappear, it will begin to appear. You decrease, it will increase. So, the more we take Christ as our life and our person, the more we shall be able to minister Christ to others. That means you and me, our duty on every day, uh, on a daily basis, is to eat Christ, study Him in the scriptures. Pray, read the scriptures. Read a verse and pray with that verse. See yourself that that verse is becoming a reality in you. Then you begin to see that there is a growth in you, the growth of Christ. Remember Paul says that, that I may present them full grown. We have got to grow in Christ. The Bible says in 2 Peter, remember, 3.18. He says that grow in grace. And in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. We have got to grow in Christ. The more we know him, the more we grow. So, having become those who experience Christ and live by him, we shall influence others to do the same. Because we are telling them what we are and what we have become and what we are becoming. We need to enjoy Christ as our good land. When I talk about Christ being our good land, I, I, I'm referring you back to the Old Testament to see the children of Israel and how they were aiming at one thing, to possess the good land. I've already, I've already asked the believers if the Old Testament believers were aiming at the good land, then what are we supposed to aim at? We of the New Testament. Our good land is only one, Christ Jesus. We are to possess him when we possess him and we, we take him and we enjoy him as a good land, second, we are going to labor on him. 
Remember when they entered the good land they began to 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 farm. They began to work within the land Canaan. They began to have fields and they planted things in the very land. Likewise even as when we come into Christ, we have got to labor on Christ. So that Christ begins to produce for you produce. The Bible says in Joshua chapter 5 remember that the Bible says and they when they entered the good land manna stopped and they ate from the produce of the land meaning that even as when we enter Christ we cease from eating all other things of the world and we begin to learn to labor on Christ remember it says that come to me all, all, all you who labor and are heavy laden I'll give you rest like the way God gave them rest in the good land in the promised land Canaan but he says that learn from me he says that take my yoke and learn from me whenever he says take my yoke there is a labor you're going to work there's a working so we have got to learn to work on Christ till Christ farm Christ dig Christ plant things in Christ which is your land then labor on him another thing is that, is that you're going to live in him live in him the bible says for in him we live we move and have our being in acts so when we live in him another thing we are going to walk in him remember the bible says in colossians 2:6 if you have been if you have received Christ Jesus as your lord then walk in him be rooted in him grounded in him then another thing is you are supposed to have your being our being in him we have our being in him we live we move and have our being in Christ we exist in him if we are such persons we shall transfuse we shall dispense into others the very Christ whom we experience and by whom we live so we are supposed to learn this practically not in a doctrinal way we are supposed to live these things on a daily basis you start today so we see that in in the church today we what we need is not simply more labor uh to to bring others into church life no we need to minister the riches of Christ into others so that they may grow and mature now for this we ourselves as believers ministers we need to experience more of Christ as the portion of the saints that's why one of the first thing that Christ is to us is the portion of the saints hallelujah so another thing we see when we are to see that all people are full grown we are to minister we are to present every man full grown in Christ uh, by ministering the unsearchable riches of Christ that is the second thing ministering the unsearchable riches of Christ for the building up of the church to fulfill God's eternal purpose come with me in Ephesians chapter 3 verses 8 to 11 now the first thing was that we have got to take Christ and minister to them to the people uh, Christ as their portion so that they may enjoy the portion they have received secondly we are seeing that the portion we have received which is Christ has got riches and we are supposed also to know those riches 
minister those, those riches to the people that have come to Christ. The Bible says in Ephesians 3, 8, that um, unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Verse 9 says that and to make all men see what is the fellowship or what is the dispensation of the mystery which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God who created all things by Christ Jesus. Paul says he is called to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ. And he says, I want to make all men see, have a vision of the dispensation, of the fellowship, of this mystery. Remember the mystery is Jesus Christ. He, want, he wants all people to see and to fellowship, to participate. Praise the Lord. So, verse 10 says that, to the intent that now and to the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. In other words, the church is the one that's going to manifest the wisdom of God to the principalities, powers, and heavenly places. Demons don't know the wisdom of God. Angels don't know the wisdom of God. The devil doesn't know the manifold wisdom of God. But the Father has decided that through the church, his wisdom is supposed to be and expressed and manifested so that principalities know the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. So, verse 11 says, According to the eternal purpose, which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, you see that Christ, God has got his eternal purpose. A purpose that he purposed before eternity passed. He purposed before even the world was created. And this purpose is supposed to, to come to pass. He has not, God doesn't have purposes. He has one purpose. And this purpose is found in Christ Jesus. So, it is possible to be what everyone would consider a good brother, a good sister in the Lord. You are behaving well, but still you can be found when you are short of the riches of Christ. You are born again, you have good character, you are a good believer, but you are lacking, you are short in the riches of the riches of Christ. When they talk about the riches of Christ, you don't have, you are empty. Many of us lack the riches of Christ in our daily living. Although everyone would consider us that we are very good brothers, so calm, peaceful, we pray that the Lord may awaken us may awaken within us the aspiration to be rich in Christ. Let us begin to desire to be rich in Christ. We have people that are poor in Christ. They don't have the riches of Christ. They are not sharing Him, enjoying Him as their portion. We need to pray such prayer like this. Lord, I don't want to be one who seems to be good. I don't want to be one who seems to be a good brother but who is poor as far as the riches of Christ are concerned. Hallelujah. So, you are to pray such prayer. Lord, for the building up of the church, cause me to be filled with the riches of Christ. Remember, you cannot become a precious stone until you are filled with the preciousness of Christ. 
we are building materials, but you are supposed to be rich in Christ. Because the, 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 the new Jerusalem and the temple of God must be built with the materials of Christ. Materials of God. Divine materials. And God has give, given us the way to become divine. The process has been completed. So you have got to pray such a prayer. Begin to thank the Lord for those saints whose life is characterized by the riches of Christ. When you look around, there are some of those that, have, that are characterizing the riches of Christ in their speaking, in their way of doing things, in their ministry. They are transparent. You see? And those who are short of the riches of Christ, they are always opaque. They are, they are not clear. They are dark. They are not transparent. You cannot see Christ in them when you look unto them. They are complicating. But those who have the riches of Christ, they are always clear. Crystal clear. You can understand them. You can see them that they are possessing Christ. They are possessing Christ. So whenever you bring something to such people, whether in fellowship or anything you bring to them, you always see the light of God. Because they have been saturated with Christ. They are, always, they are always transparent. And those who enjoy the riches of Christ, they always become transparent people, clear people. So the more we experience the riches of Christ, the more transparent we shall be. Find those riches in Jesus' mighty name. So may we all desire to be those who are rich in Christ and fully transparent. This is our prayer. We need the word of God. And may we pray prayers like this. Lord, make me a member of the body who is rich in your life and who is transparent. Lord, save me from being a member who is good but who is short of Christ. Pray such prayer. Only those who are rich in Christ can build up the body of Christ, can build up the body for the fulfillment of God's eternal purpose. God has a purpose. And is, he has called us to become building materials. We must admit, we must admit that we still do not have very much building among us. We have many churches, we have many ministries, but the building is very low and little. We have got to admit that we do not have very much building in the body of Christ today. Because the things we hear and the things we do, they, they cannot help to build the body of Christ. We may be concerned more for, uh, about our individual spirituality. A person wants to be spiritually special and, and you want to be as an individual. A person is uh, grown up as a person, but there is no building up of the church. People are separate and they want to live a, an, an individualistic life. Now, if we are short of Christ and lacking in transparency, we shall have little concern for the building up of the church. Yet the heart of God is to see that the church is built up and mature. If we are filled with the riches of Christ, I tell you, we shall become transparent. We shall, we shall, uh, we shall be deeply concerned of the building up of the church so that God's purpose may be fulfilled. So, 
May the Lord give us more grace. Hallelujah. So another thing we want to talk about is uh, another thing that is needed for us to present others full grown in Christ is to is to uh, to accomplish the word of God. Remember we read Colossians uh, chapter 1 verse 25. The Bible was saying in Colossians one of Paul's ministry was to he says that Wherefore I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you to complete the word of God. So when we minister the complete and complete the word of God into the believers, they are going to become full grown in Christ. In other words, we are completing the word of God uh, so that with the full revelation of Christ and the church. To complete the word of God in the believers is to fully reveal Christ and the church in them. They've got to understand who is Christ, what is Christ. Then who is the church? What is the church? When we bring the full revelation, we are completing the word of God into these believers. We are to present others mature in Christ. If we are to do that, we must help them to have the completion of the word of God concerning Christ as the mystery of God and the church as the mystery of Christ. We are supposed to bring them to the full revelation of such. If we consider our situation today in the churches, everywhere, globally, we shall realize that many of us are able to complete the word of God in this way, and uh, others are not able. They are not able to bring out the full revelation. They will read verses and scriptures and they teach and preach their messages according to the need of the people. And they fail to know that the one that give, gives them the messages has got a need. So, for this reason, we are burdened as a ministry that we should be stirred up to pursue the Lord. We need to hang and thirst after Christ, to pursue Christ until we are filled with the riches of Christ. We need to pray prayers like this. Lord Jesus, I pray. I don't want to be indifferent. I don't want to be lukewarm. In others, we need to press those short prayers. We have got long to be absolute and to, to be with Christ and to seek Christ to the utmost. If we pursue the Lord, I tell you, in such a way, we shall see more regarding Christ and the church. But if we continue to be short of the riches of Christ, we shall not have in our own experience the completion of the word. We shall not have a full revelation. So, we need to pray. We need to pray. So, may the Lord give us more grace. There is this, there's got to be a desperate need for us to pray and to labor on Christ for the completing of the word of God concerning Christ and the church. We are supposed to be desperate. We are supposed to have that hang and thirst in the name of Jesus. Let us read Colossians chapter 2, verses 2 and verse 9. We shall get another uh, thing we are supposed to do to, to make the believers full grown in Christ. The Bible says in Colossians 2, 2, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, 
and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. Verse 9 says, For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So, another thing we are supposed to minister to the people is ministering Christ as the mystery of God. We need to minister Christ as the mystery of God, that is, as the embodiment of God. According to these verses we have just read, we need to share with others from our experiences how Christ is the embodiment of the triune God. Remember, it pleased the Father to have all the fullness dwell in Christ Jesus. So, we need to be able to testify how we did experience Christ as, a, as the Father, experience Christ as the Son, experience Christ as the Spirit, because all the triune God is dwelling in, in Christ's body. You have got to learn to experience Christ as the Father, experience Christ as the Spirit. So, experience Christ as the Son. And because we have Christ, we also have the Father. Because we are in Christ, we are also in the Spirit. These are the mysteries we are supposed to be teaching. The Spirit who moves within us actually is the Christ himself. So, these are the mysteries. May the Lord show us more light. Okay, okay. We see that, uh, we have seen that the spirit who moves within us is actually the Christ himself. And day by day, we should be one spirit with the Lord and experience his being one with us. Remember 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, 17. The Bible says, he who is joined with the Lord is one spirit. So we are supposed to live in one spirit. More and more our experience must be that in every aspect of our daily living, every everywhere we go, everywhere may be, we are one spirit with the Lord. Sometimes we forget and we think that you are alone. We begin to make decisions as an individual. Forgetting that there is another one in your spirit. So this should not be uh, our habit. We are supposed to be people that are aware that we are living one with the Spirit, with the Lord. This should not be in a doctrinal or a theory way, a theoretical way. It must be our practical experience. That's what we call Christian living. Practical Christian living. So, concerning our ministry, we have got always to pray prayers that will bring us bring us to this vision concerning our lives begin to pray prayers and say Lord give me the grace to be one spirit with you like for example if we are preaching or teaching we are to pray prayers that Lord give me the grace to be one spirit with you as I speak Lord I pray that you will speak when I speak that you be in my speaking in other words begin to pray those prayers Lord, 
I want you to I want to be one spirit with you. Begin to pray. If you are a preacher, a teacher, ask him that as you are ministering the word, let him minister. Be one spirit with him. Let him be one spirit with you. So, whatever impact this your ministry, my ministry, will ever become, will depend on the oneness you have with the Lord. We need to be one with the Spirit in order for our ministries to be effective. We need to begin to speak and you just enter the flow of the Spirit is speaking. When you begin to teach or preach or prophesy or do any ministry, you are one spirit with your master. Remember, Jesus tells us in John that the father sent him and the one who sent him came with him. And he could always say that whatever I see the father do does is what I do. And I see the father doing something in the spirit, I do it here physically. When I see him healing, I heal. That should be our life. And this is our prayer. So concerning us, this should be our way of ministry. The Lord is the embodiment of the triune God. This means that all the riches of the Father are embodied in the Son. The Son is realized in a full way as the Spirit. So, who is now one Spirit with us? Because we have seen the Father is in us, the Son is in us, the Holy Spirit is in us. When we took look at our spirit, who is in us? I will tell you. Let us read 1 Corinthians 6.17. The Bible says, He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. So, according to this verse, you see that it is the Lord that is in our spirit. Yet we very well know that the Holy Spirit is within us. So this makes it to be that the embodiment of the triune God is Jesus Christ. When he lives in your spirit, the Father is living in you, the Holy Spirit is living in you, and the Son is also in you. So the matter of being one spirit with the Lord should not be a mere doctrine to us. It's supposed to be our daily practical experience. In our experience, we must know what it is to be one spirit with the Lord. Who is the embodiment of the triune God? Because we have got to reach a, a, a level whereby when you are going to speak, remember that you have got another person in you. What you are going to speak must be what is going to speak, all what is speaking. So, this is how far it goes. If we experience Christ as the embodiment of God, we shall be able to minister Christ to others for their nourishment and enrichment. And as we minister Christ to others in this way, they will grow in Him. They will grow. And this growth comes by eating. Growth comes by eating. If others feed on the Christ we minister to them as a mystery of God, they will be perfect and mature in Christ. But when you look around today, in today's teaching and preachings, people 
preachers, teachers, pastors, they are feeding the congregation with other things. They are not feeding them with Christ. That's why they are not growing and perfecting in Christ. They don't mature in Christ. Because they are, they are not eating well. They are eating... Uh, they don't have a, a, a good meal of Christ. So, this is what I want us to learn today. I want to find out, to find where I go home from. And I believe the grace of God is sufficient. He is among us. I believe you have received at least some nourishment today. That's what I believe. I believe that the Holy Spirit has uh, given you a portion of today in this wonderful message. Remember, we pray. We pray that the Lord is maturely, is growing in us. That the Lord is forming in us. This is my prayer. This should be your prayer. Until you are one day presented before God, fully mature. Hallelujah. May the Lord richly bless you. This is Pastor Dennis Matov, Ola from Kampala, Uganda. Kampala, Uganda, Freedom Experience Ministry. And if you feel like you are blessed, visit our website. There are more teachings. There are more ministry teachings. We are going to bless you in the name of Jesus. And if you want to become a partner, please go ahead. If you want to, to become a, a support to us, still visit our page. You see a donate button. Give. God bless you. I pray that you tune in again, come again, listen again, because we are still continuing with this ministry of experiencing Christ daily. God bless you. We love you. In Jesus' mighty name. To get more of this message and partner with Freedom Experience Ministry, log on to our website www.freedomexperienceministry.org or find us on our Facebook page, Freedom Experience Ministry. You can also call us directly on plus 256-703-89-0009. Be blessed. Experience the mystery of the word, the redemptive power of revelation, and eternity purpose brought to light in your walk with Christ.